What is happening? Welcome to episode 234 of your favorite podcast, the Gordai Podcast. I'm with Justin Mahaley, joined again by Dom Kusa, and we are going to talk about things we love our athletes to bring to the table. What's the best attributes and how can we coach these attributes into people as always? Gordai Podcast brought to you by Revive So Much, brought to you by Raw So Much. Use code Mahaley at checkout to support your boy. Leave us a five-star rating review. Check us out on YouTube. Share us with a friend if you love us. We'll see you inside. All right, Dom, I'm really excited to chat with you about this one, especially uh, uh, coming off that last podcast that we did together, Ideal Athlete Behaviors and Habits. Okay, someone comes to you. And they have a box and they're like, all right, and inside this box, there's a button. And when you press this button, whatever wish is on your mind, all of your athletes are going to, to take that. They're, they're all going to be instilled with this value. What would, what would that button mean for you? Man, if I could click that button, yeah. the one thing that I would want to be spread across the board yeah. is a hundred percent effort. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, huh? Making it a habit to have a hundred percent effort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which I think is tough. Yeah. <laughs> and you see the guys who do the hundred percent effort and you see the people who don't, right? Oh, you can tell. You could sit at a show and you could pinpoint them as as you're going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um what would you pick? What what would I pick? Well, it's it's hard because, you know, I would give a, I would say 100% effort. Can I give another one? To just simply match my effort. Yeah, I just, that's a good one. I just want you to match I want you to want this as bad as I want it. And I want it for my people really bad. And that's, you know, same as you. You want it for your people really bad. But you know what will make me so disinterested in working with somebody is when I can tell that I'm pounding the table for them to progress. And there's somewhere, there's some kink in the system that they're just not progressing at the expected rate or at the normal rate that, you know, their teammates are. You look, I look at myself and sometimes it gets degrading. It's like, am I missing something? You go through the questionnaire, you go through the emails when they started, you go through all the check-ins and it's like, what's going on when the reality, but, but you know what always gets them Dom? Let's get some blood work done. Let's drop, let's drop 300 bucks on blood work. Let's get it done. And let's make sure that everything's good. Usually there's a truth or two that comes out from that. It's like, oh, I don't know. Like I've been doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so I I have a, a method of communication. And when I say this, because I know all my athletes listen to this podcast, when I say this to you, this does not make me this does not mean that I think you're skimping out. I very commonly ask my athletes because something I ask myself. Every Sunday at 8 p.m., I have a notification on my phone. And it pops up and says, what could you have done better last week? And I, I, every time I see it, I sit there for like two or three minutes and I just pick something out that I could have done better as an athlete, as a bodybuilder, and as a coach for my people. So they'll check in and I'll just ask, hey, what's something you could have done better last week? And I wait for their, I see what they say. Based off their response, I can always tell. I can always tell, did you give this actual thought? Because if you did, you're probably batting 100. If you yeah. didn't, 
There's no, you have so many things that you just pulled one out of the things. So what, what's some, what's some methods you do to drive your people to that adherence marker that you like to see? So I think I take probably um, a little bit different of an approach because I, I come back, I take a step back and I try to always put myself in people's shoes, which I know you do too, but the way I approach it is let me put myself in their shoes, right? Part of my weekly check-in is their stress level, things going on, et cetera. And I want to put myself in that situation and I want to see where I would falter, Mm -hmm. where I would have messed up if I was presented with that. Mm -hmm. And then that's where I kind of will start to work backwards from like, start asking and getting a little bit deeper into everything I posted. I mean, this will be, this is not yesterday when you listen to this, but I posted yesterday about how I like to teach auto regulating when stress gets high, what to drop off and what to push forward with. Right. That's one thing that I really try to do with people when they are constantly missing the adherence mark. Yeah. Let's find why, right. Let me put myself in your position and see, why this would be hard. Maybe you got a bunch of kids. Maybe you have a long hour job. Let's let's figure out how we can make this work. Yep. Even people in prep, I'll get people where they're like, yo, dude, like I got off work late, blah, blah. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to finish my cardio, etc. Whatever. Go home and sleep. Yep. You're good. It's when you don't communicate that with us, then you go and try to force yourself to do that. That's where your slip ups happen every single time. And I think that's a that's a two way street, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to know what's going on unless they tell me what's mm-hmm. going on. And then I like being able to tell them that it's okay to step back, yep. because your adherence is actually going to be better if you do, mm-hmm. right? I'm not really saying you you miss the mark if I'm telling you not to do something. Mm-hmm. If I'm telling you not to do cardio, hey, you're still following the plan. Yep. But yep. if you force yourself to do the cardio and then that makes you miss the adherence point on meal prepping that day. Mm-hmm. Well, I want, I want to teach you how to assess these things, right? We can make things up later in the week, mm-hmm. but those moments I want to teach and, and show you guys how to really auto-regulate. It's just like training, yeah. right? If we're sitting, me and you, if we're in the gym, we're going, maybe we're having a good day. Maybe we add a set yep. or if we're having a bad day, maybe we take away a set. Mm-hmm. It's just auto-regulating with life too, I think is one really good habit that I try to, every time I get the opportunity to use it as a teaching point, mm-hmm. I'll use it as a teaching point. Yeah. I, I, I think that's very powerful. And I think the reverse engineering from the top of what, what's caused it, what's the top of this stress pyramid that everything else is kind of swinging down from, um, with a lot of people you're going to find it's like marital stuff. That's difficult. That's difficult place to be as a coach. Cause it's like, well, there's nothing I can do there. It's, or it's work stuff or it's whatever. What I talk to people about is um, I just had a girl sign up last week. So again, in this draw was about eight weeks ago. Um, who She has three kids. She's done a lot of figure competitions. She's like nine or 10. And when I have an inquiry that's, you know, competed previously, I always have them send me stage shots so I can see how lean they've been so that I can start mapping out this, the dieting time that we're going to need to take into the next contest based on what your body knows as lean. And she's missed the mark on conditioning by a lot every time. Um, and so she has three kids, job, busy, you know, trains late, all that stuff. 
I had communication with her about we need to have a very set plan, but this plan has to be very flexible, especially this time. You don't, what if your kid gets sick? Now you're sick. Now the whole family's sick. Well, when we're sick, we don't train. We don't trust the immune, the, the uh, immune system. When we're sick with something, we're not going to give it more to recover from. Every time we train, we go in, we break down muscle tissue. What do you think is and calls the inflammatory response is the immune system. That's we don't want to tax that further when it's already taxed, right? We have to be flexible in this approach. And with some people, we just have to understand their 100% might be 94. Mm-hmm. I am a single dude living in downtown Austin with, well, I say no responsibilities. Like I have no responsibilities outside my professional life. My 100 is 100 their 100 might be 94 and honestly even in a prep it might be 94 and that's okay because that's the best that they have to do and we're all working with different scenarios but the reality is every sunday at 8 p.m when that marker goes off on my phone i get a reality check of oh boy did i do everything that i could have this week to progress That doesn't mean, just like Dom just said, dude, if you miss cardio because you got a meal prep, that meal prep is more important because now you're ahead of the game. If you don't meal prep, all of a sudden you're ordering Chick-fil-A to work and shit like that, right? Now we're falling behind. Now you've also opened Pandora's box. Once you go off plan the first time and you've fallen behind, it's it's a never-ending process after that. Oh, man. Catching back up is brutally difficult and i rarely see people do it and i i usually tell people i usually tell people like if you admit to cheating one time you've probably done it a couple times yeah right if you're gonna tell me like at the end of prep like hey yeah i had a few cheat meals you probably had more than a few yeah yeah that's a very good point it opens up the floodgates right Mm -hmm. i even you you even have to be careful with like i'm digressing but you even have to be careful with like who you refeed. Yeah. You're right. Sometimes refeeds turn into just weekends of eating. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, coach, I messed up real bad this weekend. You know, we, you know, we weren't able to stop it in time or whatever. Knowing an athlete's mental capacity and mental standpoints, a big deal. I think another big thing that my top people are all, I would say rather mentally resilient. When you're prepping, and this is a big thing I want with my athletes, this is a big skill acquisition that I want to see more people focused on. Man, when you're prepping, you're going to look in the mirror times and it's going to be really rough. Like what you see, it's the prep goggles, or maybe you're just really flat and your skin, your muscles not pushing out, your skin looks soft, you know, so it looks like you're higher body fat than you actually are. Mental resilience is going to play pay off big time here because a couple items. One, there's not a single coach on this planet that likes the freak out text. And honestly, yeah. it, it makes me view people different when they send that freak out text. I'm like, dude, we're, we're 30 years old. <laughs> we're messaging coach 9.15 p.m. at night. You're messing your bodybuilding coach that you don't like how you look. <laughs> dude, the show's in six weeks. We don't need to look good right now. We need to look good in six weeks. Mental resilience is going to get you past these hurdles that we're talking about right now. 
hey, you know what? The reality is in a contest prep, not many people are going to be 100. I will say I'm real fucking proud. I was 100 in mine just now. And even though I lost in the end, I was more proud than ever of what got brought. Right. Because it was how much mental resilience you had to do to not miss a single granular of, of yeah. protocol. Not everyone's able to give that. Not everyone's yeah. able to do that. I think the um, I think the mental resilience comes from the ability to not get connected to your uncontrollables. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people falter when they start getting hyper focused on uncontrollable things that pop up. Right. Like the people who, you know, like might have an argument at work and then that just dwells and ruins their whole day. And then they get into their head about X, Y, and Z for their prep. I think the mental resilience portion there is like able to just hit, take the, take the punch on the chin and move on and be done with it. Let that water go under the bridge because that's, I think, I think a lot of that mental resilience that comes up is when you just kind of let go of those uncontrollables because we spent too much time focusing on them. You, you compartmentalize. Yeah. So my cardio protocol is this, my diet protocol is this. Okay. This stressor popped up, but that's in another box. That's another place that can't bleed into my diet mm -hmm. protocol, my cardio, my stress management protocol. Um, like I'm, I'm sitting in traffic. There's a car accident. I'm 15 minutes late to my training session. So I need to pick my kid up after. So I'm missing 15 minutes to work. Like these things are out of your control. What, at the end of the day, all we really have is, hey, dude, did I do my absolute best today with the factors that I was yeah, with the factors in life? Analyzing the day with what happened. Yeah. Did you do your best? If you could say yes, you did everything you could. You improved. Yeah. And I think oftentimes, and I know I'm uh, guilty of this, it's like, you know, you'll put out content about like how perfect this client is or how perfect that client is, how perfect that client is. All you're trying to do is highlight that person, like their ability to just be on and hit a bullseye every single day, day over day over day. This is not achievable for everybody, but your bullseye is just simply going to be, did I control everything in my power to get a little bit better day over day? Another attribute that I really want to have in my athletes. Dude, you ever get those training videos where like they're... <laughs> They're kind of acting like they're in a lot more pain than they're actually in during a training set. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Where you can just tell like you're nowhere near failure, but you're acting like it Dude, so that, that you could stop early. That was RPE. That was RIR eight. Like, we were even close. What those, do you say those back are, to those that? are rough? What and I always feel bad when I'm like, mm, dude, really <laughs> like I don't feel I'll bad. have to like look at it and I'm like damn, man, I'm really going to have to lay it into you on this one because like, yeah, the bar speed was the same. <laughs> like nothing changed <laughs> other than you, like you were making a face and, you know, like trying to move your body. Like the leg press for me is the ultimate litmus test. Like how much mental fortitude do you have is going to show on a leg press set to me? You're stable. You're safe. You've got safeties. You know, you, 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 you can bring that leg press all the way down, fail at the bottom. You can crawl out of it. Right. Yeah. Like we didn't even have to like 
we didn't even have to touch our knees or anything to like get that last rep up that have like this movement speed. The, this is a funny when the movement speed is so slow, but it never like stops. The, the it's it's like they're, they're keeping it consistent. They're doing that. Yeah, they're doing that. <laughs> it's not the load or their muscles doing it. Like their brain is forcing that to happen. I want like pain threshold, um, perceived pain versus actual pain mm -hmm. and you know people who were athletes like track athletes wrestlers football players understand the actual pain and are able to push much further and you know people who don't have that athletic background like they have to learn like hey that burning in your muscles like that's okay and that's good but once it starts burning like there's a good bit left in there yeah when it's like an actual it literally at the end of a set feels like that muscle's tearing and like it actually won't move the limbs that it, that it's supporting. Like that's where you want to take the set to. And it's, difficult. I, I, uh, I moved away from RIR yeah. with people. Are, are you um, training to failure now? I trained to like one shy yeah. of mechanical failure. Yeah. Okay. Um, pretty much across the board now because yeah. I was, I was getting like videos of what was supposed to be a two RIR. And I was like, geez, dude, we're like a five. Dude, two like, RIR is a brutal set still. It should be That's very hard. difficult. Yeah. Because in my eyes, two RIR is telling me you're going to get one that's a struggle bus. And yeah. then that next one, you might need a spotter to grab. Yeah. That's what two RIR is in my head. Right? Yeah. But for a lot of people, it's not. Right. Do it's you program cool. do you program spot assistance at all or do you just assume that people aren't going to have a good spotter? No, I don't even program spot assistance. Yeah. I usually program one shy of mechanical failure yeah. or mechanical failure. Got it. Once because I've realized I've realized a few things. Some people want to keep up with us. Yeah. So they want to push that failure all the time and and have those videos and do those things yep. but that costs them big time on form yeah and like we know that the tension shifts that's how you get hurt like so i just go by mechanical failure now for people just so that they're better understanding right the more advanced people i could tell like absolute and stuff like that but yeah. um i like the mechanical failure because like if they're a newbie they're starting to learn closer to what their failure is getting towards right yeah. like once their form really goes to shit that's when i want you to stop Absolutely. even if you could do a few more i want you to just stop yeah 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 that's a really good point i i've started um programming the spot assistance i have a video a few videos one of me with ross where i'm spotting him and one with stacy my training partner with me where she's spotting me where you know, we're going to take this thing and around that two RIR place is where you're going to notice that load speed dropping significantly. Whenever that drop off happens, that's where your spotter comes into play. Mm -hmm. I don't want don't send me a video when I get sent a video of like dumbbell presses and it's like the load fucking stopped. And like the spotter's like, come on, come on, come on. What? Like the. the the load is is stuck, and like then they help. Like we've already shit the bed now with with what we're able to accomplish. Yeah. If we come in two reps before that, 
and we start helping them before they've reached mechanical failure. And we, the, the spotter's job is to keep the tempo the exact same for another four or five reps beyond where they're at. So probably two or three past what mechanical failure would be, which, you know, I love training in that place. Um, as long as you're enhanced, I don't think natural people really need to be taking things there. That's going to be very difficult to recover from, but we bring in this spotter and you know what? I've gotten some good feedback from it. I'm not going to say my people are like growing better or things like that, but like I've gotten good feedback that people really enjoy it. It's just training without being able to have sweat equity with that person and like share sweat. You know, that's what I call it. Sharing sweat. Like we're going to get a training session together. We're going to share some sweat. Like let's get after it. Um, it's difficult, but I, I, I'm always trying to learn how other people are programming. Like, hey, this is how this is your pain threshold. This is how you train. And you know, I I think with you, you post a good amount of training footage um, that your people are able to see that. Um, yeah. And and you know, take it and it's applicable right away. Yeah. It's also applicable for you because like it's one thing watching Nick Walker train. Like you and I aren't Nick Walker. Like, you know, we're, we're developed people, but we're definitely not Nick Walker. And so I think it's more relatable mm-hmm. for our athletes when, when you and I post something, um, you know, to help them. Yeah. Um, and I always try to post videos of me doing movements that I have a lot of them on. Yeah. So like yeah. people who are leg pressing, I'm going to post my leg press so that you see kind of what I'm looking for in a leg press, right? They get a whole video library that they can look yep. at, which is me yep. doing them. Yep. But how often are they looking in the Google drive? Not that much. How often are they looking on Instagram? A lot yeah. more. Yeah. So I like posting like movements that I know a lot of them are executing. Yeah. Um, and I, I like doing that. My last topic I want to bring up, I want you to bring one more up athlete do you see a correlation between the athletes that are checking in before a certain time stamp versus the athletes checking in at a later time stamp for example for me i know my people that are in before 8 a.m that's cst my my 8 a.m check-ins and earlier are significantly better and faster improving than people like after that time stamp. I've made this very clear. I talk about this on Instagram. I talk about it on the podcast. I literally tell my clients directly, like, hey, if you checked in earlier, you'd probably be taking things a little bit more serious as well. Do you have anything like that that you kind of keep track of or you don't see that? Um I I uh I I don't see that too much though because I think that's a maturity thing too. Mm-hmm. Like I have some younger guys who might get in right before the deadline. Yeah. But they're still doing pretty well. Yeah. I will say the quality of the check-in yeah. is who's doing the best and who's doing better, right? Yeah. What what are you communicating? Are you answering just yes or no to my questions or are you getting <sighs> into it? That drives right? me nuts. I have a part at the bottom that's like any comments or concerns. Yeah. Some people write me a paragraph. Yeah. And some people just say N-A. Yeah. Right. There's no way you have nothing to comment about this week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and as a coach, how much more am I going to be able to talk to you if you leave me with nothing to talk about? With There's you? no data you gave me other than the bare basics of what I asked for that it's like, well, what am I supposed to really take and do with this? You oh, know, but how, but how, when sometimes sometimes those people are progressing every seven days. No, for sure. For sure. So it's not everyone, but it's like, if our progress isn't really like substantial every seven, 
I want to have some feedback on what's going on here. Mm -hmm. It makes our job much better, much easier to. Yeah, to, no, to I, do. I agree. Um, is there anything I, I, I want you to leave the people with something here? Obviously I'm going to have your socials and everything linked below. Is there any message? It doesn't have to be about body, but it could be about, about life. You're a father, you're a new father. How, how's, how's that adjusted your, your number one coaching timing? Do you have like set office hours now? In respect to that, are you still going uh, to work this? So, same? yeah, respect to that, yeah. I do try to stop working by, like, 7 at night. Yeah. Um, I don't work on Sundays. I won't answer anything on Good. Sundays. Good, Uh Just because I, like, I want to separate that. I, too, don't work much from home anymore. So yeah. that home is home. Yeah. Um, But it's definitely, it was definitely an adjustment. I will say I shifted my priorities when it happened, yeah. right? I got away from training for a little bit yeah. and away from my bodybuilding endeavors. So that I could put the time into the family and to the coaching, right? Mm -hmm. My my bodybuilding can take a back burner for a second. Yeah. Let me focus on everybody else around me right now. And that's that was my priority shift. So I will say my golden nugget to leave people with yeah. would be don't be scared to allow your priorities to shift yeah. because that's gonna help you grow better as a person. I love that. I and 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 bodybuilding being your number if bodybuilding is your number one priority year round and you're not a top caliber Olympian or you're not someone who has that potential, then our priorities are probably not aligned in terms of other places in life. There's a time for it to be full throttle. There's a hell of a time for it to be a backseat mm -hmm. as well. I agree. Constantly having that self-awareness and the self-assessment of, Hey, where am I lacking? Where are places that I can bring it better and show up better for people is very powerful. So I like that, Dom. I, I like that Thank a lot. You. And I love chatting with you, man. Um, I definitely want to have you on here more. I'm going to be bringing guests on here more often. So I'd love to get into some more nerdy stuff with you. I'm but, an open um, book, man. Hey, dude, when, uh, when, when dad life allows you to get down here to Austin and we'll get in some training sessions and we'll get an in-person uh, podcast studio as well. That'd be For dope. sure. I need to make a trip out there because Will, Will has been – keep telling me to come yeah. down there too yeah dude it's a dope spot it's a really cool spot i should get will on the podcast i definitely <laughs> should yeah i like that guy but all right dom good chatting with you people can find you at it's just at dom kuza on Instagram, no so it's, right? it's at kuza underscore team that's what it is. Yeah. Yep. Under at Kuza underscore team on IG. We'll have yep. it linked below. Uh, appreciate you taking out an hour uh, of your time and we'll chat Thank soon. You. Okay? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, Thank man. You.